Hello and welcome to the Talking Indonesia podcast. I'm your host Dave McCrae from the University of Melbourne's Asia Institute and today we discuss the mental health impacts of the COVID-19 crisis in Indonesia, delving into the results of an online survey conducted by the Indonesian pollster SurveyMeter. To discuss the poll, I'm joined by SurveyMeter's Executive Director, Dr. Wayan Suryastini. Today's episode is the latest in the Policy and Focus series of Talking Indonesia episodes, supported by the Knowledge Sector Initiative, KSI, a partnership between the Australian and Indonesian governments that aims to improve the use of evidence in development policymaking. Policy and Focus episodes appear periodically in alternate weeks to regular Talking Indonesia episodes. Buwayan, thanks so much for joining us on Talking Indonesia today. Thank you, Deb, for having me in this talk. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on Talking Indonesia. Now, can I start by asking you, why did SurveyMeter decide to survey mental health in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic in Indonesia? Uh, at SurveyMeter, we have every month we ask each research assistant to share a summary of an article, you know. So one of our research assistant, Ristio, was sharing Santos' 2016 paper on mental health toward economic and social inclusion. In one meeting, so I asked him to relate the COVID-19 pandemic with the mental health for a newspaper opinion article. Since not many opinions on mental health yet in the media, then after that, a week later, he back with no data on mental health. He wrote an article with title, Be Aware on Increasing a Mental Health Problem as a Result of the Pandemic. Then I asked him to do a data collection to support his opinion. I give him a reference on two instruments widely used internationally. The first instrument generalized anxiety disorder, and the second instrument is patient depression questionnaire for public. The main objective was to explore what is the impact of uh, losing a job, unemployment, and also declining income due to the pandemic on mental health. So we asked uh, him to add some demographic and social characteristics of participants, such as education, age, you know, and also, of course, the employment status. As far as I understand, you then conducted this survey online. Um, how many respondents did you have and how does that compare to other surveys that SurveyMeter has conducted? Because it was not possible to do piece-to-piece interview during the pandemic because of the physical distancing regulation, and also, we not possible so conducting the phone interview. We didn't have access to the cell phone number for the sample frame of the study. So then we decided to do a web-based online survey, you know, with a convenient sample for selecting participant. We use Google survey, Google form to create an instrument 
we share the link of the survey at the Supermeter website, Supermeter social media accounts such as Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Supermeter staff also we ask them to participate to this form through the WhatsApp group uh, they join. We also uh, boost promote the survey at the Facebook for uh, the sick days. Again, the main goal is to see the correlation of the changes in the work and income due to pandemic on mental health. We have targeted individual respondents at age 20 to 50 years as the our participant. You know, the survey period was uh, starting from 21st of May until 31st of May 2020. We know that we have the limitation of the study. You know, uh, the Survey is limited to individuals with access with the internet and device such as smartphone or computer. But the benefit of this online survey is uh, the quick turn result capturing people across the country and comply with the social distancing policy. So in 10 days, the survey answered by 3,533 from 34 provinces. Actually, many surveys conducted face-to-face would have more like a bit over a 1,000 respondents, so it's a larger sample. But I guess when you look at the demographic characteristics of the people who responded, how does that compare to when you conduct face-to-face surveys? Does it look like you got a pretty representative sample or are there key differences? in the people who responded? So actually, we we are now in the process to meeting with the SUSENAS. SUSENAS is a social economic national survey conducted by the Central Bureau of Statistics. So we know in the process of the meeting that uh, to see the comparison, you know. But in general, as we have the, the age of the person is between 20 to 20, 55 years old, you know. It looks like it's about right. The gender composition is uh, male is 47% and female is 53%. I think looking at the uh, gender and also uh, age composition, uh, somehow is, uh, I think, like we expected uh, in the face-to-face interview, you know. Okay, that's a good outcome. Uh, and you mentioned you had these standard scales to measure anxiety and depression in the survey. Yes. Um what levels of anxiety and depression did you find from this online survey? So we found that 55% of the respondents uh, have generalized anxiety disorder. This includes the mild, moderate, and severe condition, you know. Then for the depression, is 58%, including mild, moderate, and severe condition. This is high correlation between anxiety and depression, is about 0.76%, you know. This is very high level of mental health declining, you know. No, it does sound like a high level of incidence with more than half uh, the population, if we extrapolated from your sample, registering as having anxiety or depression on these scales. Um, Are there pre-existing studies of the levels of anxiety and depression in Indonesia that you could compare these findings against to understand whether this is an elevated level compared to normal time? Yes, uh, actually another uh, association, the Psychiatry Association conducting similar 
studies, you know, they're using the exactly the same indicator. So it's somewhat the same, you know, they find out it's like 60%, but they, they started earlier, you know, earlier than until now, last month, something like that. So I think it's about the same. They found out it's like 60%. Yeah. So, so sorry, that's still during the COVID-19 yes. pandemic, is it? Uh, are there results from before the pandemic to know whether these are higher levels than under usual circumstances in Indonesia? So survey method is collecting a longitudinal study of household, individual, community and facility for 21 years. The study called the Indonesian Family Life Survey, IFLS you call it, so the study conducting across 15 provinces all over Indonesia, in the beginning in 1993, represented 83% of the population, you know. So in the last round in 2014, the total respondent is more than 15,000 households. The population rate was upper than 91% of the time. We track people all over Indonesia and interview the split of households as well. So the IFLS is a public domain data and free. So everyone can use the data. The data is located at TREN website and can be found at Supermeter website. IFLS is a multi-purpose survey covering basic characteristics of the household member, including age, gender, income, the economic status of the household and individual, the social capital of the household and participation, education, health, and other specific uh, aspects of the family life. The health management in the IFLS was not only covering physical health, but also psychologies, stress, and cognitive aspect of the respondent. So IFLS used different instruments to uh, measure depression. You know, IFLS used Center for Epidemiologic Studies Depression Ski Revise, so using the last round of IFLS in 2014, we found the highest level of depression was only 31% for respondent aged 15 to 24 years. The level of depression the other age, older age group, 20 to 59, was 18 to 24%. So it's really the level of the stress right now and during the pandemic is about twice in the normal situation, yeah. So uh, even allowing that those are different instruments that might produce different results, it does seem like the levels of depression and anxiety, as you say, are, are significantly elevated yeah. um, as a result of COVID-19, which, you know, it seems like an intuitive outcome uh, all over the world. We've seen reports that populations are experiencing elevated mental health problems uh, as a result of lockdowns, the threat of COVID-19 and other factors. Um, but I think the interesting thing you mentioned in your survey is you've tried to establish correlations, if they exist, between various demographic factors and between the impacts that COVID-19 has had on people's employment in Indonesia. Um, after conducting your survey, did you find that particular groups in society were more likely to be affected by mental health issues? Women slightly more anxiety and then depressed compared with men, you know. Woman anxiety is about uh, 57%. This is uh, higher than general population, with only 55%, you know. Men anxiety, uh, 53%. Woman depression, 61%. 
This is also higher than general participant. Men depression only 55%. You know. uh, if we look by age group, uh, the anxiety and the depression vary by age group. The highest anxiety is reported by participant age 31 to 40 years old is about 58%. Uh, and the depression is for age 20 to 30 uh, years old about 65%. You know. And if we look at education, education negatively correlated with the anxiety and depression. Participant with secondary education or below secondary education experience highest anxiety and depression. Uh, anxiety for below secondary education and secondary education is around 60% to 64%. Compared with university education is only 52%. For depression, this group is uh, reporting 60% to 61%. And if we compare with the university education, only 56%. You know. We analyze also by region. You know. Participants who live in five provinces with highest number of COVID-19 cases such as Jakarta, West Java province, Central Java province, East Java, and South Sulawesi, prior the survey in 20 May 2020, their anxiety and depression more than respondents who live in other provinces. The anxiety is 57% in those five provinces. In other hand, in the other provinces, only 50%. For the depression, 60% in those five provinces, but in other provinces, only 53%. So we're seeing a higher difference by the sounds of it as a result of where people are living and the incidence of COVID-19 than what you saw when you divided the data by factors like gender and age. It's interesting to hear you saying that people with lower formal education levels uh, were experiencing higher levels of anxiety and depression. You know, obviously, you might guess that they might have been more likely to have lost income or lost jobs as a result of the economic shutdown to do with COVID-19. Um, did you find a correlation between reduced income or loss of job and levels of depression and anxiety in your survey? Yes, the highest people with anxiety and depression is people who lost their job or unemployed or their income declined. About 60% to 88% has anxiety for that uh, group of the respondent participant. You know. On the other hand, the participant who still work or has uh, income uh, same or increasing during the pandemic, their level of anxiety only 47% to 46%. Yeah. On depression level, the person with lost their job or unemployed or income decline, their depression level is 63% to 74%. Compared with the one still working and have same income or increasing income is only 43 to 48%, you know. So their, uh, the main symptom of the, they reported by the people who lost the job or still work but declined their income is feeling nervous, anxious, 
worry too much about different things and trouble relaxing for the anxiety and also for the de- depression is including symptom like little interest or pleasure doing thing trouble falling or staying asleep or sleeping too much they also feeling tired and having little energy now you mentioned quite a wide range for some of those uh, figures i think from 60 to 88% for anxiety and up to 74% i think for depression um which group of people did you see the high level of those ranges the 88% i think it was for anxiety and 74% for depression what specific circumstances were they experiencing yes so the for example for the anxiety for the one lost the job you know it's like reported 68% of them uh, who lost a job reported anxiety level uh, is very high and then for the one who still in at work but uh, their income declines 60.7% reported they have anxiety you know i think because of the you know the, the pandemic is very long and also they don't know, you know what will happen when will the situation will be normal in the same time also like you mentioned that we need to do the physical distancing the changes the policy is factor influence the this condition you know for example on the depression people who lost the job is 54% reported themselves looking at their their symptom as a depressed you know and then for people who still stay at the work who reported decline in income 64% is uh, depression. So I, I mentioned initially, I guess, a guess that maybe people with lower levels of education were more likely to have lost jobs or suffered lower income since the social distancing measures to do with COVID-19. Um, have you checked that correlation in the data? Is that in fact the case? I not yet look at the what you call correlation, but I think this was one of the conditions, you know. For the people with low education, this is in the secondary school or below, you know, we see their level of mental health disorder is very high. You know. Anxiety is reported by 60 to 64 percent, you know, and depression uh, reported by 60 to 61 percent of the respondent, you know, compared with the person who has the university education is only 52 percent for the anxiety and also for for depression is only reported by 56%, you know. I think they are the hit most by the pandemic, you know. They work in informal sector, for example, maybe as the Gojek, the motorbike uh, transportation, for example, you know. So I think it's, it has correlation, you know. Yeah, we recently had Joanna Octavia, a visiting fellow at CSIS, talking about the impacts on the informal sector from COVID-19 and she was describing very significant impacts um so the the sort of links you're describing there would certainly be consistent with that now you mentioned apart from your own survey within Indonesia you've also seen i think it was the Indonesian Psychiatry Association conducting a survey of mental health outcomes um what about internationally are there other surveys that you can compare your Indonesian data to 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 see how that compares yes uh, so in general the finding is the same you know uh, the covid-19 outbreak significantly affects the mental health of the public 
during the outbreak, young people had a higher risk of anxiety than older people because of the uh, the young people spend too much time thinking about the outbreak. Uh, Huang and Zhou published a paper in June 2020, conducted similar study. The same method of data collection in China, you know, they are conducting the online survey. They use three instruments. One of them is the general uh, anxiety disorder, the one we use uh, also uh, in this study. They conducting the study in the first week of February 2020 with uh, 7,000 participants. The age range of the participant is uh, 6 to 80 years old. The analysis uh, they apply is a little bit different. They use different uh, what they call cut off point to define the anxiety. They create the new definition to define anxiety uh, based on the validation conducted in China. They define anxiety as a score of the general anxiety disorder score is nine and above. You know, they found the level of anxiety is thirty five percent. When we analyze using the same method, when we adopt that the same definition of the uh, anxiety score, you know, the cut off when we just following the same uh, they use in that paper. Our study found the level of anxiety similar, you know, thirty four point seven nine percent. From this situation, we we just feel that everybody in the world, not only Indonesia, face the mental health challenge. You know. That's fascinating that when you've analyzed your data using the same definition of anxiety, that the levels you found were so close to that Chinese study.、Um, Were you surprised that the, that the results were so similar between Indonesia and China? Yes, I predicted the level of mental health problem of Indonesian will be higher than in China. You know, but then using similar method of analysis, the level of anxiety in Indonesia same as in China. Yeah, as you know, Chinese is very disciplined, following the protocol, and the government also managing the pandemic very well. For me, it's really amazing. This is indicate that the level of satisfaction public with the Indonesian government handling the COVID nineteen is high. So you were expecting、um, there would be higher levels of anxiety in Indonesia、um, because Indonesia had not performed as well in controlling COVID nineteen as as what we'd seen with the extraordinary、uh, social distancing and lockdown measures that China took. Is that right? Yes. Um, but ultimately, that that wasn't reflected in the data. Yeah. Did the Chinese study also look at levels of depression? Yes, but they're using the IFLS、uh, level of depression, you know. So, so we cannot compare really using our data. You know? Sure.、Um, given the high levels of mental health issues that you've detected with your survey, are we seeing a lot of discussion、uh, of the mental health impacts of COVID nineteen in Indonesia? Either in the media, by the government, amongst academics, or is this really not on the agenda at the moment?、Uh, given the wide impact of pandemic on multi aspect of the life of the, for long time, for sure the mental health will be affected hardly, you know. But recently, we observed in last two weeks more media cover the mental health impact of the pandemic and provide short solution or tip or suggestion, you know. The government and society hold many virtual meeting, webinar talking about this issue. 
Indonesian in general does not think uh, about the holistic health as defined by the WSO, you know. People only think about physical health, not relating the physical health with mental, emotional health. But many research suggests that the physical health influenced by mental and emotional by more than 70%. This may influence the low coverage by Indonesian media in the first two months of the pandemic. You mentioned there's been more discussion of mental health impacts just in the last few weeks. Um, what do you think has spurred that increased attention recently to mental health impacts of COVID-19 in Indonesia? Uh, it's because of the many incidents of the violence in the household, you know, toward the household member, children or spouse, you know, something like that. So that's why uh, many people now look at the mental health uh, contribution of the pandemic. So it's been that uh, domestic violence and household violence that has brought mental health to public attention. Yeah. Now, obviously, in your survey, you've measured levels of anxiety and depression, and you've found these uh, very high levels of incidence uh, of those two mental health conditions. Um, you've also looked at the correlations with various demographic factors and with employment and, and loss of income. Um, does this give some guidance, do you think, as to some of the responses that are needed to these mental health impacts in Indonesia in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic? Some ministry provide a guideline, hotline services for consultation, poster and flyer at the social media, and provide warning and potential prob- of the potential problem of mental health, such as Ministry of Women, Empowerment, and Child Protection. This ministry launched Sejiwa program, stand for Sehat Jiwa, Healthy Soul, Healthy Mental Health Emotional. They provide toll-free services for psychologists, counseling for women, children who experience stress, depression, and domestic violence. If needed, they also provide offlines psychology uh, consultation for this person. So the, they provide the flow, how the number they need to call and then the process of the help they will provide to the person who get the uh, services. You know. And the other one is the Ministry of Health. At the end of the April 2020, established a guideline to support mental health and psychology of the people, not only community health or in the hospital, but also for the public in the pandemic, you know. This uh, very detailed instrument, guideline, what need to be done by the health worker, by the public, by the children, with the parent, by the elderly. This very comprehensive uh, guideline, they put it at the end as online document so everybody can access that guideline. And do you think that's enough to respond to the levels of mental health issues that you've found in your survey or is more action needed from the government to address this? It's more action need to be done. It's not only enough a guideline, but uh, for example, at the Puskesmas, the health centre need to be prepared, you know, put this kind of the situation. We know that in many health centres right now at the Puskesmas, they also have the what do you call it? the person who handle the mental health 
for the community. I think need to have uh, like the training, online training, uh, virtual training for them to make sure that the person who have the mental health will get the treatment, the therapy they need. So you need a upgrading of capacity of psychiatrists at these community health centers. Um, are there other steps that the government can take, do you think? For example, the, the other main problem right now is the distance learning for the school, you know. I think the teacher and the parent also need guideline, need the, like therapy, you know. This is placing additional stress on, on household. Right, right. This from the either from the community health center can help the school, the teacher, you know, who need help. Uh, because of the it's like in one community center, Pukesmas, they might be ten or more primary school, and also at least one of the secondary uh, school, you know. So I think helping them to reduce their stress level is very important. Through actively provide services for the teacher uh, and also the student and parent, you know. Obviously, data is going to be very important in guiding those sort of responses. And you mentioned that it was the absence of data on mental health issues that motivated SurveyMeter to conduct this survey in the first place. Um, can I ask, where will people be able to access the full results? And also, are you planning to repeat this survey as the COVID-19 pandemic unfolds and the government response unfolds in Indonesia? Yes, we're planning to repeat the online surface so we can compare maybe in next two months or something or next month to know the, the current situation, you know, to give us the the indication whether it's already going down or still very high. So we're planning also conducting some uh, webinar uh, dissemination of these studies and also write a paper for these studies. After we have the second round of the survey, yeah. And people will find all of that on the SurveyMeter website, will they? Yes, people we can have it, this result uh, from the SurveyMeter website, yeah. Excellent. Well, we'll put a link to that in the notes to the episode. And Bu Wayan, it's important work that you're doing and we'll follow the uh, results and analysis that you produce with great interest. Um, there's a lot more I could ask you about it, but I'm afraid we're well and truly out of time today. So thanks so much for joining us on Talking Indonesia to, to share your insights. Thank you for having me. Thank you. That was Dr. Wayan Suryastini, Executive Director of SurveyMeter. Keep an eye out for the Policy and Focus tagline for future installments in the Policy and Focus series of Talking Indonesia. Policy and Focus episodes are edited by Eric Van Bemmel and Kelvin Param and appear periodically in alternate weeks to regular Talking Indonesia episodes. Don't forget, you can find the entire archive of Talking Indonesia for free at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking Indonesia will return on the 2nd of July, but until then, this has been the Talking Indonesia podcast. Bye for now.